This is the first ever JawCast, and I'm your host, Brian Javaharian. I have with me today a very special guest, esteemed UCSB alumni, financial advisor, and one of my best friends, Mr. Kevin Liu. Kevin and I will be talking about some NBA playoff reactions as well as some Game of Thrones death odds. Please welcome Kevin Liu. All right, welcome to the Jawcast. Kevin Liu is the uh, first ever guest. We're going to go through some some NBA action and some Game of Thrones talk. So welcome, Kevin. Thanks for uh, inviting me. I'm glad to be here. It's It's an honor. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's quite an esteemed honor uh, to be the first guest. This uh, it's, it's well-established podcast. We've got millions of listeners, uh, highly paid sponsors. Um, so we're we're uh, going to try not to make fools of ourselves today. So, all right, let's um, get to it. So, want to talk about first thing first is that that Damian Lillard game winner last night. Was that the best game winner you've ever seen? I mean, just in terms of the distance, the moment, you know, what it means for him. Yeah. Just knocking out the thunder. What, I mean, what a knockoff, huh? Yeah. I I immediately thought of the LeBron James in the Eastern conference, I think semifinals against Orlando when he hit that one at the top of the key ran off the court. That's a good one. That's a good one. I hadn't even thought of that. That's a, you know, you get caught up in the moment. And uh, forget about all the historical ones. That one might actually top. This one was deeper, you know. Yeah. But like, but you got to think too. I mean, so Paul George had an interview after the game where he said, you know, what a bad shot it was, and how he'd take that anytime. And he he is kind of right. You know what? Mm-hmm. That was that was just a bad final possession. When you're thinking about how deep he was, how much time they had on the clock, all they needed was a two. For him to end up with like a what is that like a forty footer? I mean, is that really 37. what you want? Thirty seven. They said it was thirty seven. Yeah, thirty seven foot. I mean, I, I kind of agree with Paul George. I would take that any day. But I mean, he nailed it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think it's all based on game flow. So I think that yeah. since Dame had it going and he was handling the rock and he ran the clock out to like three seconds, and I was like, why isn't he driving? Yeah. Then I think. Paul George has got to get up on him, make him take a dribble to the basket to shoot instead of just being on to pull up because he got a good look. And apparently like on the season, he's shot in like almost 40 of them and he's shooting just under 40% on like 35 yeah. footers. So that's in his wheelhouse. And I mean, it's, it's tough because it is a t- terrible shot in like, you know, standard basketball terms, but yeah, in the game, it seemed like it was a good shot for Dame because he was hitting those. And he was confident all game. Yeah. How many, Every time how, many, go ahead. how many people in the league you think could hit that shot? I mean, you've got Damian, you've got Steph. Obviously. Clay, Clay maybe. Um, not, off the, not off the dribble, I don't think, Clay. Durant? Maybe off the screen. Yeah, Clay off the screen, not off the dribble. Durant, Durant. Durant yeah, could hit that. And then, I don't know, maybe LeBron. like a guy. LeBron like, could hit it. LeBron could hit that. And then like Kemba, maybe? Kemba, yeah. Kemba. I think a lot of guys. Harden could hit it. Yeah, Chris Harden Paul. could hit that. I, mean, I think a lot of no, guys. No, Chris hit Paul's it. not hitting a thirty-seven footer. You don't think so? I don't think so. That's that's out of his range. I mean, he doesn't really take the the deep three too often. He'll he'll hit it with a hand in his face, but yeah, I haven't seen him pull up from that kind of range in a while. 
There's only so we'll many see. guys that can hit that deep. I mean, that 37 footer, and he did the the step back kind of fade away, you know, Harden, the Harden step back thing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think Chris Paul at the next series will have to see him shoot a lot more than he's used to against the, the Warriors because they yeah. they don't play on you know they sag off and help drive on Harden. Chris Paul's gonna be open for three, and he's got to hit a lot of tough ones and. Yeah, and, uh, I, that'll be interesting. Can't wait for that. That's tonight. I think the Rockets play the Jazz and the Clippers play the Warriors tonight. Yeah, I like I like uh, Chris Paul as your second option. Yeah, he's a good second option at this point in his career. He's not. You would not want him as your first guy, but but playing second to Harden and having a couple other guys that they can go to, he's he's a good second option. You know, and I like the way they switch off. But yeah. I still I don't know. What do you think? Do you think the the Blazers can actually pull this off and make the finals? I mean, I, I think there's still a lot of doubt out there. I'm kind of one of them. Really, that's surprising. Um, I think the Nuggets are pretty good, and I think they'll beat the Spurs in Game Seven, if not tonight. And if Portland against the Nuggets would be a very interesting matchup because. The Nurkic being gone and his old team, and I think that the, I would have to lean towards the Blazers in that series, though, just because the way Dame's playing, he's way better better than Jamal Murray, especially on defense. He's not going to be able to guard Dame. I don't know who they're going to have to put someone else on, like Gary Harris or someone else like that. But yeah. I just think Portland's playing really well. Their role players are just know their role, and they don't, you know, they take open threes, they pass the ball, they rebound hard, they play hard on D. They just are really well coached, so I think Portland's is my favorites to win the next round, but not necessarily beat the Warriors. Yeah, you know the the three name African players really come up big in these situations: the Alfarucaminos, the yeah Lukamba Mute. You know these guys. You see them year after year; they come up big in these spots. Yeah, a couple guys that can can yeah. uh, you know shoot the three, play some defense. I, I like how they're Posey. playing. I'm just I, I'm concerned about Lillard and McCollum versus you know I think versus Harden and Chris Paul or versus Steph and Clay, they're just an inferior duo. And I mean when you're looking at Steph Clay, you got Steph Clay, KD. KD. I mean Dr- I just Draymond. I just don't see them in a seven game series being able to take one of those teams. They beat the Thunder. You know, the Thunder are one of those weird teams where their talent is it, it their their talent is better than the sum of their parts. You know, so they mm-hmm. they they just aren't able to put it together. And I think part of it is they just don't know their roles. You know, it keeps going back and forth between who's the alpha male on that team. Is it Paul George? Is it uh is it Russ? You know, and they go back and forth and I, I think Russ is at a point in his career where I'm not sure that you want him to be your, your alpha dog, but when push comes to shove in all of this, he, he takes over and Paul George kind of faded a couple times in the series where, where Russ would take over at the end and shoot up all kinds of crazy shots. And, uh, and as long as that dynamic, it's kind of like the LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, 2011, 2012, like you need Paul George to be the guy on that team, but I'm just not sure he has it in him. Who, Paul George or Russ? Yeah, Paul George. And Russ. Paul George. I don't think Russ is at that stage of his career. Like, if he had won a championship like Dwayne Wade had by that point, I think maybe he'd feel better about kind of 
ceding that to Paul George. But I just think he goes back. It seemed like all season that that was going to be the case, that he gives gives it up to Paul George at the end of the year and lets mm-hmm. him take over as the alpha dog. And instead, it, it kind of went the other way. It was as push came to shove, he took over in all these series. And, and he's just out of control sometimes. You know, it's for better or yeah. worse. Like, yep. Yeah, I mean, can't rely on him. You know how I feel about Russ. I mean, he's an amazing player, but shot selection has always been off, and he just doesn't know when. He sometimes just doesn't know when it's his turn, or he doesn't trust the game. It seems he sometimes he just tries to force it. Yeah. Um. But and it seemed that during the whole regular season that he was going to defer to Paul, like you said, because that's why he's like he resigned there and he could have gone anywhere, but he re- decided to stick with Russ and believe in Russ. And then you think he would like reward him by feeding him the ball, but he really did not when Paul had it going and he was shooting very efficiently too. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. And then the one he, and they hit the one at the end of the game where he was open. It was a little mid range jumper. And like, they think they could have just gone ISO with him against any other guys. He had it going yeah. on that end too, just like Lillard did had it going on the other end. It was just a Paul lot George of Paul George came out on happened. fire. Paul George yeah. came out on fire last night. I mean, he was hitting everything in the first quarter. They should have just kept feeding him. And instead, later too. on, it, it yes. kind of went the other way. And I thought that's the way it kind of went in this entire series and kind of late in the year for the Thunder, where where Paul George would look good, but late in games and, and you know, when it got tight, it just feels like Russ is just not ready to give it up. And I'm not, I'm not really sure where the Thunder go from here. You know, is there, they don't really have a good trade available. And it just doesn't feel like this team is ever going to go. And, you know, they don't, they're not going to pick up anybody in free agency. And you know, we were talking about this a little bit last night. But, but they never pick up any three-point shooters, which is what they've needed this whole time. Yeah. Some more guys that can play D and three and hit the three. Yeah. But um, they've never they, gotten the guy. They've never no, they, found that yeah. or had a, had a guy stay and, and it worked out. So it still remains a mystery. Um, yeah. But I think gotta, we should move on from OKC. I'm kind of over yeah, them they're, now. They're, they're, they're disappointing. They're disappointing. All right. Well, for, some some first-round thoughts of the playoffs. Do you do you believe in the 76ers? Uh, no, not against the Raptors. No, no. I'd, be surprised, I'd be very surprised if they beat the Raptors without home court. Yeah. Um, I like their team, but they just don't mesh well, and they haven't played that long together. So they they don't have the chemistry that like that some of the other teams do. And the Raptors, I think, are just solid. They have a lot of good role players. They're long. They can defend, and they Kawhi can just own Ben Simmons. I think, or any of those guys, Tobias. I think he can just take one of those guys out, no matter who's in the game. And then they got Marcus Sol now. So I think it's going to be a pretty easy series for the Raptors, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I've got a couple of hot takes for the 76ers. One, yep. one, I don't believe in them against any of the teams that are left. I think the Bucks, Celtics, or Raptors would would clean them up pretty easy. Even the even the Celtics, I think, would take them down pretty easy. I don't yep. think I don't think their defense is very good. I don't think they've meshed together well. I don't think they have the right players. Two. I think once they get knocked out of the playoffs, I think one, they're going to fire Brett Brown immediately. Um, I think he's gone within like a day or two of them getting knocked out of the playoffs Two, I think, I think there's a big trade coming. I think 
either Ben Simmons. I, I think it's got to be Ben Simmons. I think they're going to trade Ben Simmons. Because when you look at this team, assuming they bring back Tobias Harris, it sounds like Jimmy Butler is going to be gone after the year. But when you look at this team, where do they go from here? You know, they're kind of like the, the Thunder, except they have some trade options. You know, you're not going to trade Russ at this point and get good value back. But you could with Ben Simmons. You know, I could even – I would say Embiid, but I think they love him in Philadelphia, and and he's got kind of a higher potential. Whereas Ben Simmons, like, where does he go from here? He can't he can't shoot. You know, he's he's kind of maxed out his game as far as rebounding, passing, you know, and I, I just don't think this is the right fit for him. You know, he should be on a team – like what it what uh, the Bucks have of just him and four shooters, and that that would max out his potential. And so I don't know. I, I just don't think that they can bring this team back. Even say Jimmy Butler's gone, bring back Tobias Harris. They can't bring this team and run it back again. So what else do they do? What are your thoughts? I think that. Oh, I totally agree that. Ben Simmons should be used in a more of a Giannis role where he has shooters around him and he can penetrate. And then if you help on Ben's penetration, there's just going to be wide open threes all day. So that would be a better fit for him. But I don't necessarily think he has to be traded for that to happen. I mean, he could do it in Philly. Well, we'll see. Um, because they still have Embiid. Elton Brand's doing a great job uh, making a lot of good moves. They're young. They have so much talent. Jimmy's going to be gone. I don't think they even need him. But if they can re-sign Tobias, I mean, they're going to be set for the next four or five years, at least as long as they have Embiid and Simmons together. So You're I think big, they're fine. I think they're going to be fine. Big big Elton Brand fan, huh? I know, as much as I hate to say it because he's a dookie, but I think he's really making a lot of good moves. Like, all his moves he's made so far in such a short amount of time are, are good for the long-term picture of, of the Sixers. I guess more I'm more bullish than you are. I guess the, the things that I have not liked about what he's done is, you know, as much as I like Tobias Harris, giving up Shamit and that Miami Heat, I think it's the twenty twenty one first round pick, unprotected first round pick. I mean, what if that Miami Heat that Miami Heat pick's gotta be like a top ten pick unless they really do something crazy this offseason or next off season. I mean, they've got a little bit of time to turn it around, but, but don't you think, you know, that could end up being a really valuable pick in a draft that they're, they're talking about is maybe the first draft where they've get rid of the one and done rule again. So you can draft, you know, the best high school senior, which who knows who that'll be, but, but that could be a really good one. And I like Landry Shamit a lot. Like uh, there's something about him. He's great. He's, yeah. He's really good. I, I really, I, the first time I turned on a game that he was in, I immediately was like, who is this guy? <laughs> Cause he just, he's got a presence about him for a rookie that I like, I don't think he'll end up being like some, you know, 30 point a game guy, but I think he could be like 15 to 20, like a JJ Reddick kind of guy, but like better, mm-hmm. you know, defensively, you know, he's good. And he, he plays he's up good. to the moment. He's definitely good. Um, he was. Oh, I like watching him. Wichita State. Greg Marshall. He, he's always like fundamental. You could tell he was probably like his, a player's coach. You know, he just kind of grew up around basketball. But anyways, I think he would be perfect for like a team like OKC. You know, they just need those guys. Going back to the OKC point. Um, but yeah. that Miami Heat pick that you mentioned, 
I mean, Miami won 39 games this year with a pretty bad roster. Yeah. And I believe in their infrastructure. So I don't, I don't think the pick will be that bad because they still have Dragic, Whiteside, and, but, you know, they're not that great, but they still won almost, 50, you know, half of their games. The risk, I guess, um, is, is Tobias Harris going to resign? I mean, he's I not, he will. He's not a restricted he free agent. He's unrestricted. It seems like that's the way it's going to go. It seems like he's going to. Jimmy's gone. I think but Jimmy's gone even, for sure. Jimmy's definitely gone. But they're not even that They're not even that good for having all those guys. I mean, Jimmy leaving might actually make them better. But, yeah. but for having all these guys, I mean, I'm, I'm worried if they bring it back. If I'm a 76ers fan, I would be worried that they end up just being one of those Thunder-type teams where they – are good in the regular season, don't really have, you know, what it takes to break through. I just, I don't like the mesh that I'm seeing between Ben Simmons and Embiid. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if it gets better because it just doesn't seem like Ben Simmons shot is getting any better. He, he doesn't take yeah. any, he takes less jumpers than I do at 24 hour fitness. And that's saying something. I mean, he's, he's like he's he's afraid that if he's wide open at the free throw line, he's not taking it. You know, they yeah. play ten feet off of him, so it kills their spacing. And I mean, the, I think the only way you can fix that is if they shoot three. So I guess you know Embiid could uh, could turn this around by becoming you know forty percent three point shooter and really spacing the floor, but. But then you're taking him away from the basket. I think Embiid's value mm-hmm. is being close to the basket. So it's not – it kind of – you know, I guess the best way to play it would be maybe to do the Rockets uh, way and just space out their minutes. But but that's not how you want yeah. you know, be in the playoffs. I, th- like. I think what everyone forgets about Philly is they dr- had the number one overall pick and they took Markel Fultz and yeah. they trauma, traumatized because that was their point guard for the future to mismesh with Ben Simmons and Embiid, but it didn't work out. So that's yeah. why I'm saying, like, Alabrand had to do a, a you know, 180 pivot and that's go true. in a totally different direction. They need a point guard to go alongside him because Reddick's more of a sh- off guard, which is a good fit. Yeah. He can't play D, though, is the problem. Like, he gets exploited in the playoffs. Well, he's a free but... agent this offseason, too, isn't he? I think he's yeah, been signing so... one-year, like, $20 million deals. So yeah. I don't know if he comes back. I mean, you might I be know, looking at Embiid, Simmons, maybe Tobias, Tobias Harris, maybe not. You know, there's always a chance that he gets swooped up somewhere else. Yeah. And and then, you know what? They you need Boban. I hate this. They need like an <laughs> Eric Bledsoe type kind of point guard. You know, like what yeah. the Bucks have, because like even though he's not a great shooter, he can create and drive and penetrate and put pressure on the defense. In addition to like setting up Ben Simmons for easy buckets, I think, you know, yeah. he could do that like he does for Giannis and just wreak havoc defensively too. But they they don't have that kind of player. They need that like one that like almost backup point guard or swing man that's just interchangeable and can play D and and handle the ball a little bit so Simmons doesn't have it all the time in his hands because it seems like yeah. he's not comfortable shooting with the ball in his hands or even catch and shoot at all. So yeah, it'll be interesting. It's we'll pretty see. ironic that at the end of that whole process, you know, they had a shot to to get the, the number one overall pick of the draft that would have put him over, put probably would have made him championship contenders for five or ten years. Yeah. <laughs> if they get Markel Fultz. I mean, everyone <laughs> thought he was going to be good. Like, no one was saying, yeah. oh, don't take Fultz number one, or he's like, has any bust potential. It was like consensus. Everyone at the time was saying, Fultz yeah. number one, Fultz number one. I don't get 
that's what the, I don't get about the NBA draft. There's always that guy that all of a sudden emerges as the consensus. You know, it was like that when, uh, when like KD and, and Odin were in the draft. All of a sudden it was, you know, they're both good, but it was, you know, Odin number one, no matter what. Yeah. And they always, that always emerges right before the draft. And I don't get if it's just the teams put it out there or what. But unless there's only certain drafts where that makes sense to me. And like this one coming up is one of them with Zion, but, and yeah. like the LeBron draft, you know, there's a couple of them, but I just don't get it. There seems like all of a sudden everybody just becomes, you know, like this last one or, or two, the, the Fultz draft, all of a sudden it became consensus that Lonzo was going second and the Lakers just projected it. And yeah. it was like, why are, you know, why is this the consensus number two? You know, after he got owned by Deer and Fox in the in college, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't well, get the draft. Lavar Ball spoke it into existence. Yeah, so that was that reason. But yeah, even last year, last year's draft. Uh, thinking about it, Aiton number one. Yeah, that might be a bad draft. Perfect in retrospect because Luca was. I mean, everyone knew Luca was amazing, but yeah, it was tough to take him number one overall over an athlete like Aiton, but. Or even yeah, Trey but, Young, I mean, you know, so it's... Trey Young, and, and there were all kinds of guys there, and then all of a sudden it was, it was just you know, Aiton's going number one. That's that's the way it is. You know, that's yeah. what everybody's cons- they do like this consensus thing, and I wonder if yeah. it's. I, I think it might just be that the top team decides it, and so they make it into like this is the consensus pick. <laughs> you know, yeah. if it just if you just say it enough, that it just becomes so. But yeah, anyway, I don't know. Anyways. Um, what do you think about what do you think about the Clippers this postseason? Do you think and this this off season coming up? I mean, they're they've got to be maybe the most interesting team in the league going forward. With it sounds like Kawhi, barring some miracle, is going there. I mean, that's what that's what seems to be the consensus yep. is that he's going there, and then you know maybe even KD. You know, although it sounds more like KD to New York, mm-hmm. but but even just Kawhi, think about this Clippers team with Kawhi, how good they could be. Yep. Moving forward, I've I've really liked watching them in the playoffs. Montrez is just he's a killer. Yep. He's a killer, Lou Williams, Beverly, Beverly Gallinari, yeah, uh, Shamet, Zubak, Lou Williams. I mean, they're deep. And they got a lot of salary cap this offseason. So, yeah, I think I really hope Kawhi goes there. I do not want him to go to the Lakers. I don't think he will, but I hope he goes to the Clippers. And then that's they'll get the guy that they're missing, that position they've been missing for so long in that, at that organization. It's a three guy. You know, like yeah. Gallo is not really a three. He's more of like a stretch four. I guess he's kind of a three, but he's not going to be the best player in a championship team. Kawhi could definitely do that and stabilize their defense. Um, and then just have – good role players all around them. I mean, that's a great fit. It's similar to Toronto now, you know, just Kawhi and a lot of role players and defense and long guys. Is Kawhi so, better off going there than he would be to stick with Toronto, you think? Yeah. Yeah, because Lowry's, like, declining. You can tell he's he's good still. Yeah. He's great player. He's got great instincts. I mean, I love him. That 0-7 game was pretty pathetic, though. He has, yeah, he he has does, real stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he doesn't have – he's not dominant like the way that like Lillard or Westbrook even could be in certain games. He's not dominant, but he plays the game the right way and helps and it creates for his teammates. But that is his like second best player. And like Siakam is really good now and Ibaka is good. But like I feel like he 
Kawhi could be in a better spot and the Clipper and he wants to be in LA and he wants he bought a house in San Diego. It's pretty obvious he wants to move to the West Coast. He's from here. Yeah. And his family's here and he's it's just he's a West Coast guy. So he's coming back. He wants that good weather. Yeah. Yeah. San Diego weather. The weather, the weed, you know, all the all the bad business. So yeah. I think it's a done deal. I just hope it's not the Lakers. Yep. Quick last NBA question: Who you got for the finals? Who you got winning it? Warriors. I think Warriors uh, over who? Warrior, I think Warriors Bucks. It's chalk. Warriors Bucks. I'm yeah. taking. I'm taking Rockets Bucks with the Bucks winning it all. I think the Bucks. Wow. I think Giannis is on another level than any other player in the league right now. Like I, 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 I love what James Harden's doing. I think that in almost any other year he's mvp he's he's been just destroying people but there's something about watching Giannis, like even watching him in the all-star game this year he was he was just head head and shoulders above other guys on the court like you you just can't do anything against him when he's getting in transition and now on defense he's so good and just having those shooters around him i just I don't know how you stop that team. I think he's got the best chance of getting to the finals. You know, the Rockets Warriors are going to knock one of them. One's going to knock the other off. They'll probably end up in the finals, but you never know, you know, especially with injuries could pop up. I could see like the blade, like if the Rockets somehow knock off golden state, you know, the Blazers, that would be a good series, but the bucks, I think the bucks are going to, going to get to the finals pretty easy. I think they're going to take care of business against the Raptors. Do you and, think uh, the Rockets are going to be the Warriors in how many games? Seven. I think you go seven. I think they're going to be really, on the road. It's going to be. It's going to be really close. You know, I think the whole way through it, it's just going to be back and forth. Really? I just, yeah. I mean, yeah, I haven't. I haven't liked what I'm seeing from from them from a chemistry standpoint from the Warriors. They're they're just. They they just seem so disjointed. Like they they come in one game and they're really all together and and you know when they're shooting well it's going well but when things fall apart they just seem so disengaged. So I, I think it could end up in one of those years where you know Katie's looking at getting out and he just decides you know I'm not going to put in the effort for the end here and just gets out. You know kind of check. I lost Kevin here for a minute, but we reconnected for some Game of Thrones talk. Let's finish up here with some some Game of Thrones talk. So, so uh, what odds do you have on who dies first? Oh, let me pull this up. Uh, it's actually not a who dies first. It's like a head-to-head almost bet. You're like, okay, who's going to die first, X or, or Y? Okay. Okay, so let's, let's start it. it off. Let me give it to you because you, you're the GOT expert. All right, so we got Game of Thrones. Who will die first, Arya Stark or Sansa Stark? Are we sure either of them is is going to die first off? Uh, no, we are not sure. We're not sure. I, I'm a little. I, I guess you know. So what? Wait, what are the odds? Let's go through so, that first. Arya is going to be minus one sixty five, so she is actually the favorite. 
to die mm-hmm. first, and Sansa is plus one twenty-five. I guess that does make sense because you've got to think a couple things. Arya first off had that the the sex scene before you know the battle. Yeah, yeah. Gotta gotta get deflowered before the battle. Classic. Gotta get it in. Gotta get it in. Gotta, gotta get that dick before the battle. Yeah. That's I mean that's standard. Hey, I don't blame her. Um, so, don't blame her. so you've got to think, you know, there could be an emotional scene where she goes down and and Gendry or Gendry or whatever is is uh, you know coming to help her and sees his his twelve year old girl go down. Yeah, um, that'd be sad. So, okay. what about Sansa? So what, what what do you think? Sansa, you you got to figure she's she's hiding back in the crypts probably. She's she's not on the front lines at all. She's not wearing so, armor. She's not wearing armor or out there on the saddle. She, no, definitely not. She's you don't see her fighting. She's not that like that eleven year old girl that's that's screaming <laughs> yeah. about being on the battle mean. lines. Sansa's going, nah, I'm I'm trying to stick back here. She's probably she's probably got she's gonna be sitting on like a horse getting ready to, to dip. You know, okay. she's like she's definitely a survivor. I would okay, say. so, so you, it sounds like I, you're I going think, with Arya. Sounds like you're going with Arya. I think, yeah, I, I don't think those. She'll be plus in the battle. Twenty-five right? odds, yeah. I don't think Ar- plus one twenty-five is enough to get me to go Sansa. Because I mean, how are they getting to Sansa? They they got to sneak. They got to break through the whole <laughs> battle lines the and kill crypt. everybody to get to her. Whereas Arya, you got to figure she's going to be right there. There could be, she could go down this episode. I could see that, especially after that last one. Yeah. I think that's a good bet. I think I would take lay lay the odds and take Arya Stark to die first. I think that's a good bet. Yeah, I might have to write that one down. All right. Yep. Next one. This is a good one. Interesting. Let's Euron Great Euron Greyjoy versus Theon Greyjoy. Euron is plus one hundred, and Theon is minus one forty. So we got Theon as a slight favorite to die first. We have, keep in mind, we have the next episode is the one where it's the battle in Winterfell. So, okay. in theory, this, this would be an money. easy Theon run, right? This is easy money. Easy money, something? Theon. No, you're going, you're going, I, I, I'm betting the house on Theon. This might okay. be the best bet. This is the best, this might bet, be the of the best bet on the house. I best mean, bet of the week. All right. Theon, have one. Theon is not surviving <laughs> this battle. There's no way. There's no way. He's, he's, he has he, no dick. He's, he has no dick. He has no dignity left. You know, he came back. They did the emotional, you know, you saved yeah. me before, you know, a yeah. nice hug with Sansa. Yeah, but nice stew. That's a nice line. stew. He's, he's a perfect character to kill off. He might be the first to die in the episode period of, of like wow. first, first, uh, first main character to die. Because what, what do we have left with him? You know, we don't want him to survive the episode. Oh, there's yeah, no, no one cares. Yeah, nobody cares. Kill them yeah, off. Get get rid of them. Wow, so this is that. our this is our jaw lock of the week. Jaw lock of the week. Theon Greyjoy over Euron. Lock Greyjoy. it down. Minus one forty. Take it, it down, to the bank. The Take it to the bank. All right. I, I might even you might you might want to parlay that with Arya, but I, I think I think Ooh. just go heavy. I think go heavy on Theon. Ooh, you can't you parlay. Know? No parlays allowed in this in this. Squirrel. No parlays, okay. No. All right. All right. All right next just one. Just go heavy. Yeah. Varys. Varys versus Braun. We got Varys at a slight favorite, minus 130, versus Braun, minus 110. We got the same thing going on here. So Varys has got to be the one in more in danger, right? You would think so, but I also think he's kind of in the, he the, chilling in the crypts? Sansa. 
he's definitely hiding in the crypt. Uh, so the only so. way he's getting killed is if a lot of other people are getting killed first. Yeah. You know, whereas Braun might be coming up, you might see him sooner than later coming up and trying to kill, kill yeah. like Jamie and and of... Tyrion. Whereas, mm. you know, Varys, he's he's a survivor. He's a a trickster, you know, he's got a backup plan to get out yeah. of there. Yeah, that's true. Wrong. True, very good point. Okay, you know, so it sounds like you're going to leaning towards Braun here. I'm going towards Braun, who is also one of my favorite characters in the show. Slight I hope underdog. they don't kill him off. Slight uh, underdog. Because I, I love every scene that has Braun in it, but, but yeah, I think he's, I if I'm betting between the two of them, I'm, I'm probably going Braun dies first. Okay. This is a good one. Next one. Jamie Lannister, Tyrion Lannister. We got Jamie minus 300, Tyrion plus 200. So we got a big favorite for Jamie because he's got one hand and he's going to actually be fighting with Brienne, which could be a poetic, a poetic death. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I, I almost good odds. lean towards the, good odds with the Tyrion, Tyrion odds. Because he's going to be fighting, I, I kinda, right? Because, well... He's talked about it, but but they actually he got oh, told yeah. by Daenerys that he's no, got to yeah. stick back. So he's, wow, so he's Jamie probably like a, not. But, Jamie seems but like I a lock then. I also don't think that Jamie's going to get killed. I I think that both of them survive this, and because they've got to keep the storyline alive of one of the bro- one of Cer- Cersei's brothers is supposed to kill her is like the the prophecy. Oh really? So, yeah, so you've been reading. So prophe- she's, you've been reading she's prophecies always, lately. I read prophecies every day. <laughs> okay. uh, she's 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 always thought Tyrion was going to be the one that kills her. I think Jamie's oh. the one that kills her in the end. That's why she hates Tyrion. One of the many reasons she hates Tyrion so much. I think Jamie might be the one. I've actually been thinking about wow. this lately. I think there's a chance. This would be poetic justice. There's a chance that what if. Um, Brandon's dark brand what if he wargs into Jamie and kills Cersei that way <laughs> that's possible am I, I going guess. too far am I going too deep that seems <laughs> that's pretty seems pretty deep that seems pretty deep but okay yeah, I might be I might be th- I might be overthinking this but I feel like that's something this show would do is go take it to another level um, yeah. and have him take control because because wouldn't that be poetic justice to the first episode of him getting pushed out the, the window by them to just come back. I guess he's not very vengeful about it anymore. Yeah, but so. he's not a human anymore. He probably he doesn't, doesn't care about that sense. stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He doesn't right, have I, like his own motivations. It seems like he's just trying to save the world, so to speak. I take it back, but I still think Jamie's the one that. Okay, that so you're going in the end. No, but the question was, who's dying first, Jamie or Tyrion? Not. I guess. I guess I've got to go Jamie. I guess. I mean. I wouldn't Minus put. Two. I wouldn't put money. I, I'm okay. probably this, this is, is stay away. Stay away. Stay away. Stay away. You're not okay. getting good enough odds for Jamie, and and neither are you for Tyrion. So, all right. So this one's going to be a sad one for the lady listeners. Um, we got Jon Snow versus Bran Stark. We got Jon Snow minus two twenty, and Bran at plus one fifty five. So it seems like Jon Snow <sighs> is the heavy favorite to go down in this battle at least before bran yeah but bran is going to be used as the bait which means that seems to me that the good guys are going to win this battle but yeah i mean what do you think so what they made of the last episode of 
Bran is like if he dies, basically the world is over because he's like the the eyes of the world and has all the memories of the the world or whatever. It was kind of a weird storyline. It's like what Game of Thrones has been doing lately. It's just kind of throwing out weird stuff to set up something else that they're trying to do. And so I don't think he dies. I don't think Jon Snow dies either. Maybe not until the last episode or so. I think he survives this. But if I'm betting, I'm going Jon. Because I think after all the setup they did, they can't kill off Bran. It would be... It would just, it wouldn't make any sense. He plots suicide. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Plot suicide. Yep. All right. <clears throat> Next one Cersei minus 270 versus Daenerys at plus 180. So Cersei is a heavy favorite to die first over Daenerys, even though, same thing, the battle impending doom is coming for Daenerys. She's going to be out there riding dragons and flames and stuff. And she's still not favored to die for Cersei. Surprising. So you got to, you got to figure with the way they've been setting this all up that, that that the good guys have to beat the dead. Yeah. And then there's got to be a separate battle between the The good guys and Cersei, you know, between the other humans. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do this. Is, is, aren't there only like four episodes left? Yep. Three or something ridiculous. Four. I don't know how they're going to pull. Like, I don't know if just the whole next episode is just the whole battle with the dead. They just have one full episode dedicated to it. And then the rest is human on human. But, you know, you got to figure Daenerys and Cersei go at it. I, I'm, I'm betting Daenerys. I think Cersei dies. Or I, I'm betting that Cersei dies first. Okay. So, yeah, you're going with the favorite there. Okay. I'm and the last with... one, the final one, Tormund, Giantsbane, minus 260 versus Brienne of Tarth, plus 175. Wow. Another big favorite. Just all about the same as Cersei and Daenerys. You know, I'm taking the odds on this one. I'm taking the odds. Um, taking Brienne. I, I'm taking Brienne. I think they both die. I think that there there's a, a better chance than not that they both die. I mean, especially, again, the whole emotional Brienne of Tarth uh, last episode, the knighting her. I think she, I think she's going to die. And I think he might die trying to save her or something. You know how they're, they made that whole love story. It's, he's actually one of my favorite characters too. He's got great lines in it the whole way. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think they both die, but so I'll take the, uh, the extra odds there. Okay, interesting. That's that's the biggest uh, underdog you took so far. Okay, we'll give a little bonus one. Uh, I was going to skip it, but I think we have some time for the last bonus one. Is Melisandre minus 350 versus Davos Seaworth plus 225. Big, huge favorite Melisandre to die, even though she hasn't been shown in the last... Has she been around? She last seen was riding a horse south or yeah south of the wall of winterfell to we don't know where and davos is actually at the castle allegedly fighting i would assume i don't think he's just gonna be twiddling his thumbs at the crypt so what do you think here this seems like the might be sleeper but it seems like a trap it seems like vegas knows something we don't know yeah it seems like i'm getting trapped here right i feel like i I, yeah i want to say davos I, i don't understand where the the melisandre odds are coming from so but but this feels like a trap bet it feels like she she's gotta die if they they're that convinced of it 
Um, so, gosh, I'm I'm gonna take Davos and and take the, fall take the points straight into their trap. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna fall into their trap here. All right. Okay, so that concludes the Game of Thrones death matchup. Um, so the, to review, we got Jaws lock of the week as Euron Greyjoy versus Theon, and we have Theon taking it at minus one forty as the lock of the week. So, Java, any last thoughts about the the upcoming episode? I, I think it's just going to be one whole battle. I think they should have blended it into this 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 week's episode. I think they spent too much time on nothing and should have had like 20 minutes go to the the battle instead of what i think is going to happen i think it's just going to be 60 to 80 minutes of just non-stop action which should be fun but you know the best part about game of thrones is the dialogue and kind of the mix of that with action so so we'll see we'll be interesting that's for sure i've got two quick philip rivers questions for you before we go Okay. Does he have the most per- potent sperm in the league, or does he just fuck his wife the most? I think I got to go with the sperm on this one. Um, clearly, yeah. football players are, you know, having sex with their wives or girlfriends or whatever. And I think he he's a godly man, doesn't believe in contraception, so I think he's just got strong swimmers, and it shows because so. he'll probably have a couple more. I'm guessing at this rate, he's still I mean, making money. Practice. All the practice time he's got in the week, he's only got, you know, maybe one, maybe two days that he should be able to get it in. You know, it's like 10 kids running around. It's unbelievable. And he's popping them out. I know. So, uh, second question, should he consider switching to anal? Uh, No, he's a purist. I feel like he'll never switch. He might, you know, know, venture down there every now and then on special occasions, but I don't think he's, like, frequently frequenting that location too often. Yeah, God, um, God frowns upon sodomy. That's for sure. Yeah, there's one thing we know about God: He does not like anal sex. So, yeah, so that's what that's what I'm going with. All right, I think that's all the time we have today. So, thanks for being the first guest on this podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. See you. So there you have it. That was the first episode of the Jawcast. Thank you, Kevin Liu, for being a great first guest, and we hope to see you again soon. Thanks, guys.